Thanks for being here. Uh, I'm Derek Wilson. Other people have introduced themselves as one of the pastors here. I'm not one of the pastors here. I'm just Derek Wilson. Uh, but hello to those that are online as well, and uh, good to have you all with us. Let's just open with a word of prayer. Father, we just want to thank you for this time together. We thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for your anointing in this place. And I pray today, Father, for a mighty move of your Holy Spirit. We've experienced your presence already through the taking of communion, through the singing of songs. But we pray just for that increase of anointing. Make us spiritually aware. Let us gain an understanding of your word. Teach us, Lord, to follow in your ways. Follow your spirit. Follow your precepts. And learn of you. And Father, as I impart the message that I believe I've received from you for today, that I just pray that you help me to do it well, to bring the understanding across well, and that we'll be able to go out of here and next week having learned more about being led by the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so really I've divided this uh, message over two weeks, but I've divided it into three basic parts. Uh, this week is largely a setting a framework or a foundation, which is really divided in two parts in itself. The first part is just understanding who we are. Spirit, soul, body, we'll speak to that and we'll speak to that. But understanding what that is. And then I'll go briefly into th four spiritual practices. Uh, now, each of those spiritual practices could be a message on its own. So there's some ideas for messages for Josh. Where's Josh sitting? So uh, we'll look at that. And then next week we will go into some different ways that God will lead us through the Holy Spirit. So a lot of that will be uh, happening next week. Um, and through it all, I'm going to give you a lot of examples as well, uh, mostly personal examples. And the reason I'm doing that is, you know, sometimes you're reading the Scripture and you, you see it there, but, you know, when you've got somebody's had a personal experience of a particular situation, it helps you to identify with that. So, so the personal examples are not to show you what I've experienced, but for you to recognize and maybe identify for yourself. You say, yeah, I've experienced that before. You know, really, was that the leading of God? And uh, so that'll help you and start developing a pattern of being led by the Spirit. So, but before I get into that, I'm going to tell you two quick stories. Now, to tell you these stories, I have to take you back to 1981. And a few of you say, oh, I wasn't even born then. Well, this is 1981. Uh, my mother used to work at a Christian bookshop in Littleton where I grew up. She worked there as a volunteer a couple of afternoons a week. And uh, she was working there one afternoon, and a fellow, sort of estimated around about 40, but 40s, came into the shop and uh, started speaking to her about the books, and he walked around, browsing around the bookstore and talking about these books. He seemed to know the authors and, you know, a lot of Christian jargon thrown around and what have you. And the, the lady who actually owned the shop happened to be there that afternoon as well. And he was talking to them about this, and he threw this all. He said, well, I'm a new pastor in this area, and I'm going to be living in a house. He, gave, he actually gave them an address about a kilometer away from where the shop was. And... Uh, he spent quite a bit of time there. 
And at a certain point, he said, oh, by the way, I've just, you know, I'm, I'm coming, I'm new in this area, setting up a new work. I'm coming from a, an old work, a little distance away, and I've got a family in my church who are, who are immigrating. And I've got a number of items there that they're wanting to sell, sell off because they don't want to take all their stuff with them. Um, oh, would you be interested in these things? And he got a list of a number of things that they had and the price that they wanted for these things. And this lady and my mother looked, that's interesting, we, yeah, maybe we can purchase some of these things, maybe we can help these people. And they were contemplating this, now my mother didn't have any cash with her there, uh, but I happened to turn up at the shop around about this time and they introduced this gentleman to me and uh, my mother said, listen, can't you just go home quickly and go and just get some cash there and we can give it to him and he can go and get the stuff. And... Uh, you know, those days you used to carry a bit more cash in, in your home. These days we wouldn't have the cash in the house because everything's on cards. So there's a bit of money at home. So our home was only about five minutes away. So anyway, they told me the story and I got in my car. When I got in the car, I was just away from that shop. Where I was on my own. And on the inside of me, I knew this man's a thief. He's not yet to sell goods. He's yet to take the money. See, my mother had said, uh, whilst, whilst we were in the shop, she said, well, maybe, maybe you can go with him uh, and ride with him and get, get... So there was something in my mother's heart as well. She's not quite sure about this, despite all this, I'm a pastor and all the rest of it that he said. But on the inside of me, deep down, yeah, I knew this, this man's a thief. And, and I knew for certain this man's a thief. And, you know, there's, that's the, the voice of the Spirit on the inside of me. But immediately, of course, the voice of reason comes up. This head that gets in our way so often, and sometimes we've got to get it out the way. Voice of reason came. Yeah, but he knew, you know, Christian, he's, he gave the address. Uh, he spoke about all these things, but on the inside of me, I had this strong check in my spirit. This is not right. Anyway, I thought, well, you know, he said I can go with him. Maybe that works. And then, But, yeah, this guy's a thief. What, what if he does something with me? You know, this didn't sit well with me. And I sort of reasoned, I'll, I'll go and get the money and come back and then say to him, no, no, you get the stuff and then we'll give you the money when, when, you, when you get back. It, it was just such a strong sense on the inside of me. Anyway, I got the money, went back to the shop, got there. Where's the guy? Now he's already gone. This other lady had lent my mother money and he's gone. I said to him, he's not coming back. I just knew it on the inside of me. And of course he didn't. And they, both of them said, you know what? We, we wanted ourselves. See, they're both Christian people. They also have that sense in their spirit. They're checking their spirit. There's something wrong about this thing. And of course, he didn't come back. I immediately got in my car, went down to the address that he, he'd given. I went and knocked on the door to make sure this, some other people had never, never heard of him. That, that confirmed it all. But it was that leading of the spirit that we all had as Christians. And uh, perhaps because we hadn't developed it well enough perhaps because we weren't sensitive enough to allowing that leading of the Spirit to, to be what actually leads us and take notice of it, uh, that we actually all missed it in that instance. There was another instance, and of course he never came back and the money was gone. Another instance, around about the same time, I'd gone to work and I parked my car, it was just an open parking area under a tree. As I pulled my car in, there was this, this, this was a voice, really. It wasn't just a, a sense. It was a voice on the inside of me. Don't park here. Park across there. So, and, and I actually sat in the car, and the voice of reason again, 
that's only 20, 30 meters away. Why park over there? But I had this, I'd had this voice. Didn't hear it again, but I actually sat there with our car idling for a while, sort of arguing with myself. Why, why park the car there? This is perfect. Fine. There's nice shade here. Maybe a bit of shade there. I don't know. And I left the car there. Came back at the end of the day. And my car had been broken into and they tried to steal the radio. Now, I'd built the radio in myself and put it in from behind so you couldn't get it out easily. And, of course, they grabbed, pulled wires out and made quite a mess of, of the car. Um, fortunately, I was able to drive, get the car home to, to where I could fix it up. But that incident in particular, and to a lesser extent the other one at, 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 the, at the bookstore, made me start to think, you know, sometimes things go wrong in our lives. And yes, some two things had gone wrong, and actually I knew about it, but I hadn't acted correctly. And made me think I need to learn more about being able to follow my spirit. That was the one thing. But in particular, I made the decision, if things go wrong in my life ever, I'm actually going to go back and see, didn't God warn me about that situation? Didn't I really know before the time that something was, was not right? You know, in the incident of my car, I didn't have any sense that my car is going to get broken into. It's just, don't park it here. That, 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 that was all that I had on the inside of me. And it was what I refer to as the still small voice. It wasn't the witness. It was the voice of my spirit speaking to me, coming up from the inside of me. And to, this set me off on a journey, exploring. And whenever anybody spoke about being led by the spirit, I would listen very carefully to hear what they would say. So... What I want to do today is, as I said, I'm going to set the framework. Next week we're going to look at specific examples, and I'll give you a number of stories next week as well. But let's have a look at uh, the makeup of man, and let's get an understanding of who we are so that we can start understanding about being led by the Spirit. Now, let's get this thing working. It should go there. Right. Now, that scripture says from... 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the word whole there, you think, well, you know, is that all of who I am? The, the Greek word there is holokleros, which means whole. It means entire means everything. So there's no other part of you, okay? You are spirit, soul, and body, okay? You don't have other bits, if you like, okay? If you find out you've got other bits, come tell me. Show me in the scripture. But the word here says, that's who you are. There's no other bits out there. Now, the spirit, as we know, is, is the word pneuma, which, which, which means wind. The, the, the soul, uh, the, the word over there, the Greek word over there is suche, which is where we get the word psychology. And psychology is the study of the soul realm, the, the mind, the intellect, uh, the emotions, your thought realm. That all makes up your soul realm. And of course, we all know we've got this body. We all know about that called, called the soma. Now, the question becomes, how do these relate to each other? Now, this verse we're going to spend a lot of time on because uh, it gets pulled apart in many ways that don't always work so well. 
So let's read it. It says, it's Hebrews 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, let's look at it a different way. Some people are visually more perceptive. Now I'm going to read it again. Let's have a look at it. The word of God is sharp and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit. Joints, I put the joint over there, put a, put a joint in there for you, and marrow, put a bone there with some marrow in. The metaphor that the word is giving us, thoughts, and it's discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, normally when we think of this verse, you think of, you know, the sword is coming in there, it's going to cleave, you're going to have a soul and spirit cleaved in two over there. You know, that, that's a picture that, that, that comes up in our minds. But really, when we get into this, the Word of God is trying to bring a, a unity there. And uh, sometimes the, the translation, which the word piercing uh, you know, it, it sounds as if it's cutting, it's dividing. But really the word means, if you get into the Greek word, it means reaches through. Okay? I like to, I know there's a lot of Afrikaans-speaking people in the church. The, the Afrikaans translation says, dir, okay? which literally means reaching in, reaching through. So it's reaching into that area of the soul and the spirit. This is what the Word of God is doing. And... Uh, what it's doing is it's discerning now, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now I'm going to put. An, I'm going to come back to this picture again, and we're going to go through the scripture again. Now, for those that are more visually perceptive, the previous one would have worked well for you. For those that like to see things tabulated, there it is again. We've got the soul, which is related, is compared with a joint. We've got the spirit, which is compared to a marrow, which is the, really the core of your physical being, isn't it? Now, a joint speaks to me a bit about flexibility, doesn't it? So there's some flexibility in the soul. Thoughts. Thoughts speak about flexibility. And I'm thinking, is it this way or is it that way? You know, when I, that story that I told you just now, when I got in the car and I rode off, down the inside, I knew for, there was something I knew there for certain. But this, my thoughts... Got me thinking, well, is it this way or is that? Which way? Thoughts. Your intents are what's on the inside of you. It's got to do with moral understanding, whereas thoughts have got to do with deliberations. And this is where the, this helps to define what goes on in the soul and the spirit realm. Now, to help us a little bit further... Uh, Let's put up a couple more scriptures. Because we need to know how to deal with the soul realm. Now, 1 Peter 1 verse 9 says, For you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's just talk about salvation for a moment. See, when you were born again, remember we've got the three rings there, spirit, soul, and body. And it's very interesting, if you listen to people, very often people will talk about the body, soul, and spirit, because we're very, very body conscious. 
But really, the word says spirit, soul, and body. Gets them in the right order, the order of importance. When you were born again, that was a change that took place in your spirit, the heart, of the very being of who you are. But the word of yes speaks about the salvation of the soul, which sounds like a process. Let's have a look at the other scripture there too. Romans 1 verse 12 and verses 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Now sacrifice is something that you burn away. You see, Paul says, no good thing dwells in my flesh. We know from the scripture that we've inherited the sin nature, and the sin nature dwells in our flesh. This flesh is going to turn to dust one day. But when, when we die, we go to be the Lord. It's a spiritual thing that takes place, and I'll come back to that as well. So he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your proper worship. And he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Get, get your mind in line with the word of God. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this is coming down to the idea of being led by the Spirit again. Because you get your, your mind renewed by the Word of God. And ultimately you can get your mind in line with the Spirit and be led correctly by the Spirit of God. And we'll come back to that when we speak about the um, good spiritual practices that we need to get into. And we're going to come back to... Uh, Hebrews 4 and verse 12 in a minute again. But I want to read another a couple of verses for you which, which won't come up on the screen. But Romans 5, verses 5 and 6, says that those who live according to the flesh have their minds, spit up here, set on what the flesh desires. Okay, So if you live according to the flesh, your mind is set on what the flesh desires. But those who live on the according to the spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Now, I'm going to try and illustrate something for you. There's an arm, using a metaphor we've used earlier on. Let's, let's maybe go to that picture again. Think about this. There's a, there's a joint, okay? He's compared the soul with a joint to decision-making, your thoughts are. Imagine that's the spirit, there's the soul, there's the body, keeping with that metaphor. Now, this is where the decision-making takes place. I can either go with the spirit or I can go with the flesh. And what the Word is trying to teach us out of these scriptures is that this mind over here where you can make a decision, go with what the spirit says. Don't go with what the body says. Now, the sad reality is that in the world today, how are we taught? You know, you've got five senses. And every, if, it, if it comes through your senses, if you can measure it, if you can feel it, if you touch it, you taste it, you, then, then it's right because it's measurable. But anything which is spiritual doesn't exist. Well, doesn't, doesn't believe in that. Well, you know, can you measure God? Can you show me God? Sorry, God doesn't exist. That's the way we talk. 
Our whole life through school, everything. It's got to do with what comes through the flesh. And the sad reality is the spirit, the most important part of you, the internal part of you, the eternal part of you, is sort of left out. So we're paying all our attention to the part that's temporal. We need to turn this thing around. We need to turn this thing on its head. And we need to pay attention to the spirit. That spirit man on the inside of us. The part of us that's eternal. The part that's going to live for, with God forever. You know, this, this body's going to turn to dust one day. Why? You know? Now, I'm not saying that we mustn't do that. Education's important. You know, we live in a world where we need that education. But we, we've left out that spirit. We've left out the spirit realm. Now, looking at this picture again. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. For the word is God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. It appears to me that soul and spirit make up the heart. Peter speaks about the heart, the spirit being the hidden man of the heart. The spirit, a subset of the heart. What the Word is really trying to get us to do over here, what God is really trying to do over here, and talking about the salvation of the soul, get your mind in line with the Word of God. Get your thinking in line with the Word of God. And that way we'll be able to discern what God wants us to do. Now, there's instances, I mean, the particular examples that I gave, I can't go and point to a scripture for anything about those, but it's, it's a leading. Things that I knew on the inside of me. And I needed to be able to follow those. So, really when we think about it, spirit, soul, body, when you're born again, word says that you're a new creature, you're a new creation. Okay? Jesus said to, to John in, in uh, said to Nicodemus in, in John 3 and verse 6, spirit gives birth to spirit, flesh gives birth to flesh. It's a spirit nature. It's in your spirit that God comes to dwell. Your soul, salvation of the soul, seems to be a process according to the word of God. Ultimately, we'll get a new body when Jesus returns. So, so salvation is actually in three parts. And we need to recognize that one of, these, one of the parts we, you need to do something about. If you don't know the Lord, get to know the Lord. Get, get, get born again. You get your spirit renewed and recreated by the spirit of God. But do something about the soul realm. Get it renewed by the word of God. And ultimately one day we will get a new body. Now, everybody got that? How do we get there? Now I'm going to give you four spiritual practices. We're going to go through those fairly quickly. Four spiritual practices that you can get into. Now I think Josh was out when... I said it early on, there's four sermons there for you. For Josh, you can spend a whole sermon on each one of these practices. And this is not all of the practices, there's more, we could add more. But, you know, when I was a young Christian, everything was follow the following seven steps, follow the following three steps. I'm not going to give you that, I'm going to give you four practices that will help you be led by the Spirit of God. So, let's get into them. First of all, do what the Word says. This is a scripture that we like to ignore, isn't it? I want to do what I want to do. 
Isn't that the way we've been taught? <laughs> yeah. You're a free moral agent, which you are. But it's been taken to excess in the world as well. You know, just do whatever you want to do. What does the word say? James 1, 21 and 22. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Then he goes on, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. I want to point out something on that first verse there, which is able to save yourselves. I've actually deliberately used the, the ESV translation in there. If you look in your NIV, it just says, which is able to save you. So I thought, oh, what's this about? And I went and looked it up. I checked it out in the Greek. The Greek says, which is able to save your souls. I think the translators of the NIV didn't have enough faith to put the word souls in there because they didn't understand what it meant. You see, it's got to do with, say, this, this is the second verse that I've given you with referring to salvation of the soul, which is a process. And how are you going to do that? What, how are you going to get your soul saved? Now, obviously, we're never going to get to that place fully before we die one day, but it's a process. Get your mind renewed by the word of God. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. That's why it's so important to spend time in the Word of God, get it in there. And part of the purpose of, of obviously, God, you get to know God, but all, part of the purpose is just to, to have that sensitivity for the leading of the Holy Spirit, so that your thought realm can get in line with the spirit realm. You see, we've always been taught to get our thought realm in line with what we can measure, see, touch, feel. There's an application there. But the more important application for the everyday living, for getting things right in your life, is to get your mind, your thoughts, your intellect in line with the Word of God. And the only way you're going to get that right is to get the Word on the inside of you, to spend time in God's Word, listening to it and understanding it and knowing what the Word of God says. That was spiritual practice number one. Spiritual tactics. Practice number two, give God's word first place in your life. Proverbs 4 and verses 20 to 22. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Pay attention to what the Word says. Do not let the words out of your sight. You know, in a previous church that I was in, a couple turned up there and they said God had told them that they meant to get, get together and, 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 and get married. There was just one problem with that. They were both married to somebody else. Now, that did not line up with the Word of God. Okay, That was... That was the lust of the flesh, to be honest. It's, it's not in line with the Word of God. Don't do it. Forget about it. See? Get your, get your thinking in line with the Word of God. Do what the Word says. That doesn't work out. Right. Spiritual practice number three. Meditate on the Word of God. Now... Let's just read these, these two scriptures first. Joshua 1 verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. And I've highlighted the, you know, on your lips over there. 
Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Psalm 1, the well-known psalm, talks about, and on his law he meditates day and night. You know what's interesting about this scripture, these two scriptures? If you look at the division of the Hebrew Bible, it's really divided into three parts. The first part is the, the, the books of Moses or the Torah. The second part is the prophets or the Nephilim. And the third part is the writings, which is the Ketuphim. Now, these two verses that you see over here, Joshua is right at the beginning of the prophets. And Psalm 1 is right at the beginning of the writings. So if you look at the divisions of the Hebrew Bible, the second two divisions are the very first thing that God says, meditate on the word. And he actually gives us a clue over there as well. See, the red doesn't come out that well. Uh, keep this book of the law on your lips. You know, I've heard people talking about meditation has got to do with muttering. Okay. Well, this, I, I always wondered where that came from. Until I saw it says, keep it on your lips. Speak the word. Say it. Speak it out. Get the word out there. Okay. Get this mind renewed by the word of God. That's part of what you, you get out of that. And then the last spiritual practice. Transform your thinking. And this is the one that's not always so easy. He says, this is Philippians 4, verses 6 to 8. Do not be anxious about anything. One translation says, do not fret or have, have any anxiety about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds, or your thoughts, in Christ Jesus. Now, come back to the last verse now. The world is full of anxiousness. You turn on the radio, TV, and you, there's, there's anxiety everywhere. And I'm not trying to make light of that. It, it's, it's real. Okay, Not making light of that in any way at all. And if you're in a situation of anxiousness, you know, the word of yes says that, uh, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. He says, don't have any anxiety. Present those situations to God. If you need help because of anxiousness, go and get help. Get somebody who's a Christian psychologist or counselor who can get you to a place where you can get your, word, your thinking in line with the word of God. So I'm not making light of that at all. Okay? But he says, do not. Get, get, that, get that anxiousness out. The world, world is full of that and it's really pulling everybody down. But going on in the scripture actually gives you some tools to be able to do it. Remember, Ruth, a couple of months ago, gave this, showed us a beaker of here with some colored water in and she spoke about taps. To, you know, sometimes that... You get a bit filled up with all the stresses and whatever you in life, and you need a few taps to, to open up. Well, here's some of those taps. He says, finally, in verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul knew a lot more about psychology than most of us do today. 
You see, unfortunately, when difficult situations, when we're presented with difficult situations, what does your mind do? Your mind sits and wanders on that thing and you get stuck on that awful thing all the time. You can't sleep because this, you've got this churning going on in the inside of your head here. And, and somehow you just, just can't see past that. You can't get past that situation. But he says over here, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, think about these things. What he's trying to tell you is to those thoughts, those negative thoughts that are sitting there, replace them with something which is true, with some, something which is good. Replace them with what the Word of God says. Okay? I've, I've practiced this. Okay? And you think, well, you know, I've got these thoughts churning around in my head. You can't replace. Well, try it out. Try replacing those bad thoughts with a good thought. And meditate on something. But it's deliberate, and, and it's a deliberate action. Think about a song. Uh, Whatever works for you, think about a scripture, replace it, think a holiday situation, whatever it is, but think of something good, something that's positive, and get those negative thoughts out of your mind. It's a, it's a deliberate action on your part, and you'll find that those stress levels will start to come down. You'll find that that churning that goes on in your head over there, and we all have that. Get, get rid of that. Don't meditate on those things. Meditate on the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Say the Word of God. Find a scripture that speaks into that situation and meditate on that scripture. But get those negative thoughts out of your head. That's those taps that, that, that Ruth was speaking about. Get that out of your system. And it'll get that anxiety level down. Now, quick summary. And there's your four sermons, Josh. Spiritual practices. Remember, the word of God is quick and active, sharper than an edge, two-edged sword, dividing us under soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's not about division. It's about uniting. It's about bringing together. And where for many years I saw that scripture as a penetration, a piercing, a, a parting. It's actually all about bringing the soul and spirit together. When you really think about it, when you die one day, yes, your spirit goes to heaven, but really your soul realm goes with you because you, we, we still, we're going to recognize each other when we're up there. So although the soul and the spirit are not the same, they are united in a way they are, are one as well because the soul realm goes with you. I think those bad thoughts and other things will stay behind. So that's part of the, if you think of the soul as being a bone, the part of the bone that's linked to the spirit goes with you and those other bad things that are left with the body stay behind. So they're inextricably linked. So let's practice these things. Do what the word says. Get your mind renewed by the word of God. Give the word first place in your life. Meditate on the word and transform your thinking. Don't let your thinking be in line with what the, word said, what, what the world teaches you or what your situation is telling you. Do what the word says. Now, final word. I want to encourage you this week. Go and read particularly uh, Romans chapter 1 in the light of what I've said because I've only just read a few verses out of Romans chapter 8. Go and read the whole thing because we're going to pick up in verses 14 and 16 in particular next week uh, from Romans 8. And it will help just reading that that chapter in the light of what I've been saying over here, this whole spirit-soul 
body situation that help you to understand that and help you to get your thinking more in line with what the Word of God says. And then another thing, I actually want to put out an invitation. There may be people uh, listening to us online. There may be people over here who don't know Jesus. You see, what I've been talking about is something that comes from the inward, inward, man, inward man, the inward person. Okay? The place where the Holy Spirit dwells. If you don't know Jesus, unfortunately, the world will lead you anywhere. The unregenerate spirit will let you do anything, and that's why we see some of the things in the world. Because they don't have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of them. Their minds have been set on what the flesh desires, and what the flesh desires is, is enmity with, with God. If you don't know Jesus, come and speak to somebody. Come speak to me. Come speak to Josh, uh, Mike, or Jared, just Antoinette. S speak to somebody. Uh, Make a commitment to the Lord. That's an invitation to you. Change your life. Get your act in line with God's word and be able to follow the Spirit of God.